What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs, on another episode of Locked on Dolphins, back from the 2022 Senior Bowl and digesting the news that Mike McDaniel is officially the next coach of your Miami Dolphins. I want to touch on some misconceptions that are out there in regards to what this may or may not mean for certain players on the roster. Looking forward to digging in. Let's get after it here on Locked on Dolphins. Are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com, your host here on the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Today on the show, uh, reacting to the news that Mike McDaniel is the Miami Dolphins' next head coach. This choice has been made. The contract has been finalized, reportedly a four-year deal, but not just, oh yeah, McDaniel is the new coach of the team, but what it means for some of the players uh, on the the roster, specifically in the offensive side of the football, football. because I've seen some observations that uh, this means that the Dolphins are going to take the running back position much more seriously. Uh, I've seen certain coaches may or may not be good fits and and marriages for Miami's new offensive system uh, as they try and assemble a staff. I've seen Jalen Waddell going to be put in the Debo Samuel role in this offense, or Limbo and Jr. going to be put in the Debo Samuel role in this offense. I've seen Mike Gusecki, huge stock up uh, for Mike Gusecki. And I don't know necessarily if I would agree with that. Uh, And that's where we're going to start Today on the show, we'll start with Mike Gusecki, the impending free agent to be. Miami's uh, one of their top receivers over the last several seasons. Second round draft choice for the team in 2018. Uh, And he's done a nice job advancing his career as a receiving tight end. And and he'd probably tell you he's a wide receiver because he knows what that means for his financial value when the time comes and he hits free agency. But there's some enthusiasm that the Mike McDaniel hire spells good news for Mike Kosecki and an incentive to bring this player back into the fray and make sure they get him under contract. And I, I, I don't know that I agree. Uh, and I don't know that I disagree either, but I have questions. And the questions really lie in what Mike Kosecki is as a player versus what you would be asking him to do in this offense. And what Mike Kosecki is as a player is a big, slot receiver uh, who's going to be classified as a tight end. He's going to try to appeal for more money, which is not going to happen. That classification, the league doesn't just turn it the other way in favor of a player so that uh, his franchise tag potential uh, franchise tag value would instantaneously increase by $5 million or whatever it is. Uh, So Mike is a tight end. Uh, We can't point to George Kittle. And the reason why is George Kittle played in 14 games this year. He missed three games this season. And over those 14 games of the regular season, he played 605 snaps as an inline tight end on the San Francisco 49ers roster. 
Mike Gusecki, from the time he has come into the league in 2018 through the end of the 2021 regular season, four seasons, has played 617 total snaps across four years with his hand in the dirt. So George Kittle in 13 games quite nearly outpaced Gusecki as inline tight end in one year alone. Missing games. So I understand we can look at George Kittle and his receiving production and get really excited and say, hey, can we get that with Mike Gusecki? And I don't, I don't know that that's the role he's going to fill. Assuming he's brought back. What he would be is one of those big physical receivers that you would like getting involved in the run game by blocking on linebackers and safeties on the second level of the defense. But what is that worth? Like, what is a big slot who's probably going to, when it's all said and done, if you include the backs in the passing game and Jalen Waddell and whoever else is brought into the fray, he's going to be your third or fourth option in the receiving game. And it's going to be needed to be stressed dramatically more as a blocker, as a wide receiver. If he does come back for the Dolphins, what is that worth? Is that worth the probably 12 to $14 million he's going to be asking for? No, I don't think so. Especially when you consider Mike as a receiver. If you do ask him to play purely receiver, and you ask him to run routes on the outside against press coverage, his ability to beat that coverage and create separation, which we know Tua Tungvaloa benefits from, is not a very strong dynamic of his game right now. So I have questions if we're putting the puzzle pieces together, and I am by no means advocating to let Mike Kiseki walk and not look back. With the amount of cap space the Dolphins have, if I can't figure out a deal, that is mutually agreeable, and I would like to have Mike Kosecki back. I would probably put him on the franchise tag and then try to trade him as the worst-case scenario. But I don't think we can look at George Kittle and his production for San Francisco and say, that's the future for Mike Kosecki. I don't think those skill sets align appropriately for us to make that prognostication. And with Miami having to make a decision on his contract, that's a tough spot to be in. And of course, a lot of this is projection, right? Because you can know what a team's tendencies are, but until a guy, McDaniel is now the guy, is in that chair, and he is now in the head coaching chair, you never know how he's going to react. You never know how he's going to choose to attack a season with his game plan and personnel. Maybe he sees that skill set just like he's presumably seen to a tongue of a lowest skill set. And he says, I want that. I can work with that. I'll alter my own ideology to make sure that's fully weaponized. Maybe he does. And if he does, then all of this speculation on is he the next is Gasecki going to benefit in the offense the way that George kill has in the past or not. That speculation may be for not because it may, they may have a specialized role for Mike Gasecki. But I can't guarantee that's going to happen. And if it stays surface level, just kind of reading the tea leaves based on what the skill set is of George Kettle. And Mike Isecki is a very good NFL tight end. But he is not in the stratosphere 
as George Kittle. And I think we need to be honest about that as we try to place proper expectations on the team on what they're going to try to do with Mike. And for Mike, assuming he comes back and he tries to uh, play to the best of his ability. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the big game. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, but it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you've been listening to Locked on Dolphins for any period of time, I cannot stress enough, don't drop the ball. Download Get Upside. Listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. People who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back. There's no catch. Cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift cards such as Amazon or other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Up next, the offensive line coach. And, and yes, Mike Munchak is still on my wish list. Uh, it's been reported, depending on where you look, that the Dolphins have some interest in pursuing former Denver Broncos head coach Vic Fangio to serve as a defensive coordinator on the staff. Uh, obviously, it's been reported elsewhere. The Dolphins, uh, Mike McDaniel, have some appetite for bringing back coaches. We'll see who ends up on what list. But if you're going to bring in Vic Fangio and you don't bring in Mike Munchak, the offensive line coach, I'd be disappointed. Personally, I would be. And I hear the questions and the speculation regarding, well, hold on, Kyle. Mike Munchak is traditionally a gap power style system, whereas the Shanahan system, the Shanahan tree, is more traditionally wide zone. And I hear that. But I also crunch the numbers. And this is courtesy of a couple of different resources, including our friends over Pro Football Focus, as far as logging what concepts are being run uh, for each team. And I do think it's important to know San Francisco ran zone concepts on 62% of their rushing concepts last year. 62%. Mike Munchak, a.k.a. gap power heavy style runner, run system Mike Munchak, ran zone on 56 percent of their rushing plays last season so san francisco a six percent higher call rate for zone concepts versus the broncos and you could say okay well kyle inside zone exists so shut your mouth right but i also did the math on this these two teams had an equal percentage of their rushing concepts that hit outside the tackles 30 percent Both teams, 30% of their rush attempts hit outside the tackles. And I think this is what's important to bear in mind is I'm going to sit here and try and advocate for Mike Munchak if you do bring in Vic Fangio. 
and perhaps even if you don't bring him in Pangio. But at least that ex- relationship exists because Mike Munchak was the offensive line coach in Denver for Vic Fangio. Mike Munchak is a very highly successful offensive line coach, and his travels have taken him to many different offenses. And his experiences have lent him opportunities to work in gap power heavy schemes and zone heavy schemes. And the discrepancy between these two offenses as far as zone concepts to gap power and inside versus outside, they're not that dissimilar. Definitely not as dissimilar as the surface level or the association. You hear the name Mike Munchak and you you associate it with gap power rushing concepts. And that may be true. But the larger point is you don't have teams that just run gap anymore. And you don't have teams that just run zone anymore. Everything is intertwined. And if Mike Munchak is going to come to Miami and coach the offensive line for Mike McDaniel, he's going to coach fundamentals and techniques. And last I checked from a pass protection standpoint, Blitzes are still the same. It doesn't matter whether you, when you run the ball, are going to run zone or you're going to run gap power. You're still going to have to full slide protect. You're going to have to 5-0 or go man-on-man. You're going to have to half slide. Uh, You're going to have to have your influence blocks, your play action passes with your power influence and pulls. And all of these things still exist. And I, I really think it's interesting when you look at what San Francisco did this past year in the draft. They drafted Trey Lance, a dynamic quarterback option, but they also drafted Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon as two bigger backs in the draft, and they drafted Aaron Banks as an offensive lineman. And all of those pieces together kind of indicated, hey, we're probably going to run the ball more in between the tackles because we have the quarterback run game in our disposal. And, of course, Trey Lance and his development didn't really let him command that role in a full-time occupancy. But that variety and that versatility still does exist. And Mike Munchak is fully capable of coaching zone techniques. His team ran zone more than half the time. So, yes, from a true background and ideology perspective, there's going to be more qualified candidates to run high frequency of wide zone. But I would be remiss to not point out The Denver and San Francisco's zone and outside rushing frequencies was not that dissimilar. And Mike Munchak does have good experience working with zone schemes. So that's why I will continue to pound the table for Mike Munchak as a potential offensive line coach hire for the Miami Dolphins. Let's go to Debo Samuel. uh, Because Debo Samuel is a unicorn. I think to to start uh, for his versatility and what he is able to do on the football field. So Debo Samuel came from the South Carolina Gamecocks and his athletic profile coming through the draft process is as such. He is 5'11 and one quarter, 215 pounds, ran a 448, had a 39 inch vertical leap, had a 10 foot two-inch broad jump, a 7.033 cone, and a 4.14 20-yard shuttle. It's a pretty rare level athlete. 
And then San Francisco took it to a whole nother level because they took Debo Samuel. And not only did he catch 77 balls for 1400 yards and six touchdowns this year, but he had 59 rushes for 365 yards and eight scores on the ground. All pro pro bowl dynamic player played in 16 games, uh, career year by all accounts. Who's going to fill this role in this offense? Perhaps some people think it'll be Jay Luano. Perhaps some people think it'll be Lynn Bowden Jr. Perhaps some people think the Dolphins should draft Trey Burks out of Arkansas in the first round and let him fill that role because he has a lot of versatility in his role and usage at Arkansas. For me, the best fit is Lynn Bowden Jr. And this is where it gets interesting. If you go to mockdraftable.com. You search up Debo Samuel. Um, mockdraftable.com gives you a spider graph of all of the measurements that were taken from this player during his NFL combine. And on the left-hand side, it gives you the most comparable athletes in the history of the combine to pass through at the same position. The one, two, three, four, five, sixth name on the list. You guessed it. Limbo and Jr., which is fun. I do think Lynn's probably a little slower than Debo, but he's also 10 pounds less than Debo. Whereas Jalen Waddle, this is where you lose me with the, the Waddle opportunities. Jalen Waddle is 180 pounds. That dude's not going to run downhill between the tackles. Now, the shallow crossers and the screen game, yeah. You can get Jalen Waddle involved in that capacity. But Jalen Waddle doesn't have the size or stature or physicality to fill the Debo Samuel role. And quite frankly, there are 31 teams that are looking for a Debo Samuel type player. It's a very, very, very rare player. And the reason why he slipped through the draft process a little bit had a lot to do with the fact that he was constantly banged up at South Carolina. As far as Traylon Burks... Uh, who's another one of the options to quote-unquote fill that role. I just don't think he's as dynamic. He's a very impressive player, uh, and his versatility at the college level should not be overlooked. But I don't necessarily think that that's a favorable projection uh, for Traylon Burks. I think he's somebody who um, is going to need to play on the perimeter more often than not. Just based on his movement skills, he does not have Debo Samuel-type athleticism. He may test well in straight line speed, but the blend of everything all together, and he's also much more high cut. He's three inches taller, at least, than Debo Samuel. And that's part of what makes Debo really unique is that denseness about him, 5'11", 215 pounds, to just be able to absorb body blows and, and create a lot of yak in that capacity. I don't think Traylon Burks is going to have that same level of dynamic opportunity with run after catch opportunities. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, 
RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit RockAuto.com for all your auto parts needs, and make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. Last tidbit wanted to talk about perception of what the Mike McDaniel hire means for the Dolphins. And this, uh, the, the summary of this comes from Ryan Smith from Pro Football Focus, who does a great job covering the Dolphins. Um, running backs for the 49ers since McDaniel has coached there include the following names. Matt Burita. Undrafted free agent. Jeff Wilson Jr. Undrafted free agent. Raheem Moster. Undrafted free agent. Jamichael Hasty. You guessed it. Undrafted free agent. Alfred Morris. Sixth round pick, 173rd overall. Elijah Mitchell. Sixth round pick, 95th overall. We would be remiss to not include Savan Ahmed, undrafted free agent, and then Trey Sermon, who the team drafted in the third round this year and was like the fourth running back on the death chart. So all of this, oh, Dolphins hire McDaniel, big upgrade in the running game. They're, they're going to go out and they're going to draft it back. Are they? Are they really? What, based off the 49ers' track record of addressing the running back position, indicates that they are going to automatically take a running back in the first couple rounds of the draft. And that's not to say that they won't. Because, again, you don't know until the guy is in that seat to know what his personal ideology that he is going to impress on his football team really is. So I can't say for for certain that the Dolphins aren't going to draft a running back in the first couple of rounds. And they do need an influx in talent dramatically in the running back room. But what I can tell you is the hire of Mike McDaniel is by no means a guarantee that they're going to swing the other way and they're magically going to start to covet this position. Because they have a very proven track record of guys like Breida and Wilson and Mostert and Mitchell, who all, have had a lot of success despite not being highly picked because it's the scheme and it's the system that does the heavy lift. Hope you guys enjoyed kind of a walkthrough. I know these are some of the buzzy talking points uh, for the Miami Dolphins at this point in time uh, as we are closing in on uh, the dust settling and potentially getting some assistant coaching hires for the Dolphins. So let's rock and roll. Let's get these hires in the building. Let's let's get these coaches locked in. And then we are going to continue down our assessment and evaluation of the Dolphins roster. We are going to start this process uh, this week. We're going to be doing position group by position group, looking at the Dolphins, the year that they had, the year in review, and projecting it forward based on what we know about Coach McDaniel, his ideologies, projecting them into Miami, based on where he's been and what kinds of offensive attacks they have implemented 
in the past. And then, of course, we will do the same on the defensive side of the ball. So keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. This is Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening and or watching. Tune in again next time. Fins up.